Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Just like that, the final hour is here on this Wednesday edition. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Hit the like button if you're watching us. We appreciate that and appreciate you watching and, and taking in any show across the network, live or on demand. And this great radio partner that is carrying us right now. Chad, uh, got a busy night here at 6th and Peabody, our location each and every day. Yeehaw Beer, Old Smoky Moonshine. CMA Fest is in town. Uh, each and every year this week. Bailey Zimmerman and others will be here tonight for a free show. It's going to be jam-packed. Uh, and a, a lot of discussion will be had. You and I get asked, we were asked a ton about this yesterday, about the, the merger. We get a chance to ask one of the PGA professionals. Scott Stallings joins us in about 15 minutes. And uh, we'll ask him directly about the mood in the meeting yesterday with Jay Monahan and the surprise and shock whenever Scott and others found out about this, that the PGA was merging with Liv. Ultimately, though, a decade from now, Chad, you believe we'll look back on this, or they will, and think, oh, this actually, this helped keep things in the same path that they wanted to go in, based on the financial backing and other Yeah, things. Jay Monahan said yesterday that we, I understand there's going to be criticism in the short term, but in the long term, 10 years from now, people are going to see this is the right move and that we'll let the judging happen 10 years from now. I mostly agree with that from a business standpoint. I think Jay Monahan made the best business decision for PGA. Stop this ongoing legal battle. They probably got some information that the legal battle was not going to turn out in their favor. Uh, they were going to continue to get poached by more money from Live Tour. So we decided, let's play ball. Let's control the majority of this new operation with PGA Tour and Live and the DP World Tour. And let's get out while we can and make this better for everyone, sports fan-wise, and get everything under one umbrella. On its face, from a business standpoint, that's the right move. He made a good move. And 10 years from now, I think Jay Monahan is right when he says, I'll be judged then. You're going to be judged then from a business standpoint because PGA will be in a better spot because of this decision. But the unfortunate news for Jay Monahan is that people tend to keep receipts. And when you get on your high horse and say what you said a year ago and continue to crush this private investment fund, live tour, everything else about it, you shame those who left and took the money, and then a year later, you in fact take the money and run, that's a problem. And people are going to remember. They will never forget what you said a year ago and what you're doing now. What you're doing is something very different than what you said. So while it's the best business move for PGA Tour long term, Jay Monahan's legacy is going to be that of a hypocrite. Yeah. And that's the way yep. it's always going to be. And now his own tour hates him. And we'll ask Scott Stallings about that. But I get the sense that because they were left in the dark, 
and they were told a bunch of things about what to say and what to do and what not to do and what not to say in regard to Live Tour. And then now knowing that for the last seven weeks, this guy's been negotiating behind closed doors with them to merge, they rightfully have a problem with that. And now Jay Monahan's going to have to deal with that. How will he deal with it? I think he'll resign within the next couple well, of months. Players are calling for that. It's going to happen. Here's Jay Monahan from yesterday uh, discussing what this means for the next 10 years. A lot of people have been reading about the tension. And I said previously that we were going down our path, they were going down theirs. And today, that tension goes away. The litigation has dropped. We're announcing to the world that on behalf of this game, we're coming together. It's less about how people respond today, and it's all about how people respond in 10 years. And 10 years from now, who know, I mean, a year from now, who knows where we are and how we respond to this. But the initial response from the, the, the public sentiment and from the players is very similar to the initial response to Mickelson a year ago, Chad. Monahan's yeah, just taken he, over he, that, he that should, podium. He should have listened to that last quote he just had there yeah. a year earlier yes. and played that back. And when Liv started and Greg Norman was doing his thing and Phil Mickelson left and all this is happening – maybe taking his own advice and said, you know, my reaction right now isn't as important as what's going to happen 10 years from now and not said anything. Then he would look a lot smarter today. Chad, uh, the Texas Rangers, had, they've opened up to a great start. Really solid start yeah. in Major League Baseball. Took a huge blow, though, knowing that Jacob deGrom is uh, going for uh, Tommy John surgery now. And it ensures that he's out through at least July or August of 2024. And this is a player that signed, what, a five-year contract upwards of how many, $180 million plus over five years, and to have it derail for the 34-year-old who has been dominant on the mound. That may have just crushed what Texas could do, not just in the postseason, but I believe they have a two-and-a-half or three-and-a-half game lead right now, what they may be able to do in their own division currently. It yeah. sucks. It's, I think it's going to end up being them in Houston for that, both there in the state of Texas, for that uh, AL West division. Unfortunate, because that was their big offseason move, to go out and get Jacob deGrom. And Which was a huge gamble, this right? This is, uh, you know, we, we talked about the story with the Southern Miss pitcher yeah. pitching so many innings, and this is why people are overly freaked out about these things. We're not talking about, like, a running back law of diminishing returns. When you have an arm issue at any point as a pitcher – and you start to see starts diminish over the years, and you look at that that graph of Jacob DeGrom's career and yeah. the amount of starts going down and down and down and down and down. Due to injury. And now this happens. I mean, it's tough not to think about the worst and what he's going to be when he comes back or not ever be again. In 14 months, And knowing though. that that money now, you know, and that it's not just the money, the commitment to turning around the fortunes of your franchise for the Texas Rangers – could be down the drain because of this Tommy John surgery. The Oakland A's continue to look for financial commitment from Las Vegas. What was once thought to be a, a foregone conclusion that they were going to have the, fund, the funds needed or the funds requested to move to Vegas, um, according to the Nevada Independent, the stories at outkick.com, lawmakers declined to proceed with a bill to help get the A's to Las Vegas. So now what was once thought of as a $1.5 billion stadium, I, I believe 30,000 seats is going to be the, the, the size of this, this stadium. And 
sooner the better. At least that was the perception. Now, the, I believe the governor will have to call a special session if he wants to try to maneuver this to where they can actually proceed with this deal that was going to be upwards of 380 to $400 million. Now they don't have that. Now, it's at least hit the pause button for a, an organization that is willing to go play at a minor league park instead of stay in Oakland for another season if, in fact, they get everything pushed through. This is pure misery. Uh, pure misery. I mean, they couldn't uh, get they a deal done in, in Oakland, and they think Vegas is done, and then it doesn't pass. ultimate professional sports franchise purgatory that we're witnessing in front of us. I, I think it was someone with the A's, maybe their manager, was asked about something with their record and everything, and everything it, with a stadium, no one going, and yeah. possibly moving. And he just said, I don't think anyone around here is having any fun. Right now, players included, like the, everyone knows what's going on, and, and it's miserable to show up to work every day. And you know, if you're in the Oakland A's organization, I, I say Oakland in jest because they're not Oakland's team anymore. But yet they're being forced to play games in an awful venue in the city of Oakland that does not want them anymore. They want out, and now the place they want to go may not even accept them or want them right now, given what's happening. So I. Terrible situation for that franchise. Here's what it comes down to, I, I believe. In these bills, there's you know all of this underwriting where, okay, if you're going to build the stadium, you're also going to have to support this and a certain amount of uh, finances going here to support the area around it or whatever. The, the politicians will get involved and they're going to write some things in that get this thing done to where they get, the, they get their money. But ultimately, they're going to have to give more on the back end of this to get to Vegas. They'll do it. Everyone's clamoring to get to Las Vegas. It looks beautiful. It's the great. For I, the mean, ballpark it, I, I love the, the idea of a small stadium, too. Yes. And that's the trend now, especially with baseball, is let's go smaller and nicer with amenities and everything else with it. So I, it looks great. It's, it's probably going to happen. Hey, there are plenty of cities out there that, that want Major League Baseball right now that I think would welcome them with open arms. Jimmy G is saying that, uh, speaking of Vegas, uh, he's going to be ready for training camp. I'll believe it when I see it. Because, I mean, odds are, I, I've got a 50-50 shot he won't be there based on how injury recovery and, and how things have gone through the injury history of Garoppolo. I don't think it's a surprise. We saw Josh McDaniels back him at OTAs. Many camps are coming up. That's not a surprise that he said, hey, I expect Garoppolo to be here. He's our quarterback. But man, if he's not cleared, because he hasn't been cleared yet from his surgery that he elected to have in March instead of earlier in the offseason, if he's not cleared and ready to go by August, that is a massive concern for a franchise that has plenty of expectation and not much in regards to results. And they have planted this on McDaniels, who has a rapport with the two quarterbacks he's brought in right now, Garoppolo and Brian Hoyer, to back him up. But Hoyer's no starter. And there aren't options out there currently based on what the Raiders could actually go and do in free agency. Wentz, Matt Ryan, uh, Teddy Bridgewater. Those aren't job-saving players for Josh McDaniels. A year later, maybe you come up with the funds to fire a guy when reports are that uh, Davis didn't have the, the finances to pay the buyout and pay whatever it would cost to get rid of McDaniels a year ago. 
I don't know what else you say right now about Jimmy G if you're in that organization other than, yeah, we expect him to be ready for training camp. And what you're doing the whole time, you know the thing when you're a kid, when you like try to cross fingers and toes yeah. underneath the table or the desk at school? That's what yeah. everyone in the Knock Raiders organization is doing right now is they've got everything crossed, praying that Jimmy G is ready for training camp, knowing it may not happen. Coming up, Scott Stallings from the PGA Tour will join us. He's preparing for the Canadian Open. And now he's trying to prepare for a merger between the PGA and Liv, having listened and heard all of the discussion from the last 12 months, making about face. And then he got a chance to face Jay Monahan yesterday. We'll ask him about that meeting, the sentiment regarding Monahan moving forward, and ultimately what this means for the PGA Tour. That's straight ahead, right here on Hot Mike. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on across the Outkick Network. Glad you're with us as we join you from 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Chad, we've been reacting over the last day and a half to all things PGA and live. We're doing it last year at this time, too. We've just done a 180 and how we've approached this. And that's certainly been the case for anyone on the PGA Tour that has heard the public sentiment and the the... PR push from Jay Monahan and others over the last 12 months compared to what we heard from yesterday. PGA Tour professional Scott Stallings joins us here on Hot Mike. Scott, thank you for the time, man. And uh, how blindsided were you yesterday morning? <laughs> it was pretty bizarre. Uh, I was practicing. Uh, I was going to play some golf in the afternoon and uh, just kind of a rare day that sort of had the practice facility down here in Knoxville to myself and, uh, hit about four balls and my music kept kind of like checking in and out. And I was like, what in the world? I thought someone was trying to get a hold of me. And then I was on this big group text with a bunch of other players and this and that. And it's about nine fifty-five when the email went out and, <laughs> Uh, about 20 minutes later, Jay was on CNBC, and we were finding out just sort of like everybody else. So you, you were you able to watch CNBC to find out what was going on? And that's, I mean, everyone found out at the same time? Yeah, it was bizarre, man. Uh, like, I, <laughs> my practice for the next hour was uh, not very productive. As, uh, I, you know, I just sort of wanted to hear it. I didn't want to, I wanted to kind of, you know, see it as sort of everyone else did. And um as a player, as a fan, as a, you know, whatever we are in the world of golf, just sort of try to truly try to collect and gather as much information as I possibly can and sort of help to try to evaluate an opinion or just a thought as far as what was taking place or the why or whatever. But I mean, even with the last, you know, even call it 36 hours, I mean, there's still so much information and so much unknown to be able to fully form an opinion other than the fact that it was it just seemed very quick and surprising and all the stuff that we've been told over the past, you know, 12, 15 months of everything to do with everything that's happened is we're now embracing all of it. So, um, <laughs> be very interesting to see sort of how all the information as it plays out and pertains to, to us as PGA tour players that quote unquote did the right thing and, 
and and stayed the course and you know we'll see you know truly how it all you know plays out in the next little bit pga tour professional scott stallings with us on hot mic scott it felt like starting around we interviewed you around the masters but it felt right around that time that all of the bad sentiment about live players started to cool a little bit from rory mcelroy and others and trying to trace the timeline of jay monahan saying seven weeks ago all of this started did you ever have any inkling hear any rumor anyone talking about possibly coming together with live during this time do you think that was out there with any players or do you think everyone was completely blindsided i'd say everybody was completely blindsided and or just surprised. And uh, I, I was actually texting with Harold Barner uh, earlier today. Um, I played with him at the PGA and I mean, he was very open and candid about it. And, and like, I have no ill will towards anyone that went and decided to go to, to live or, you know, or play or, you know, figure out what was the best opportunity for them both on and off the golf course. And um, we just texted back and forth, like, man, how in the world did we end up here? We all sort of knew that there at some point down the road, whenever it is, there was going to be some type of resolution where sort of everyone, you know, held hands and walked in the same direction, you know, one way, shape or the other. But I don't think anyone necessarily saw it play out to this extent. Scott, reports are that it was, uh, I know you've, you have heard the Zoom call from the meeting with Monaghan for, with the players yesterday. Reports were it was 90% completely against Monaghan, 10% for, or at least not against him, maybe not for it, but also not vocal against it. How would you gauge the temperature and the mood of that meeting when you listen to it? Uh, I was able to listen to about probably 30 minutes. And then once it got, you know, uh, that once the motion started getting in there, all <laughs> uh, ability to remain objective sort of became thrown out the window and and obviously people become very reactive and and obviously i mean we're you know we were told one thing and all of a sudden we're told something completely different so i think that it it's only natural to have emotion get in the way but emotion definitely clouds judgment and um i know my my own thoughts have changed in the last 36 hours as i just sort of look at it um i thought maverick mcneely did a really good job as far as he kind of put it down in paper and and he sent it to me earlier today as I'm posting this. Let me know what you think. He said, if this thing is a bad idea, let me know. <laughs> and I just thought it was great as far as just truly trying to be as objective as possible and gather as much information as you possibly can and, and be able to sort of form a decision. But in order to do that, you you need way more information than, than we have because there's so many questions to be asked. And whether it's golf or life or anything, I truly try to operate myself in, in what I know instead of what I think and uh, try to be able to kind of base, you know, base my decisions and thoughts off of that. Based on what you know, what did, what did Jay Monahan say in regards to why this happened literally 12 months later when everyone was reacting the same way to Phil Mickelson and others with Liv? Now we're reacting that way to Monahan. What was his reasoning as to why it had to happen when it happened and your reaction to that reason? Uh, basically it just seemed it was nice to finally someone understand that, you know, in any and all things, when you start dealing with this and you start to really look at the financial implications of all this, this will be the largest finance sports, financial sports transaction ever. 
in terms of if you truly try to evaluate the PGA Tour and all the assets, pensions, players, PPCs, all the things that the that wraps up the PGA Tour in general, and truly try to evaluate that, I it just sort of became an inevitability. Is if you were truly trying to find someone to do an influx and you know create a, an opportunity within the game that no one else can do you're on a very short list of people who could be able to make that type of investment or that would be willing to. And I think that sort of became uh, very clear and an understanding that that was the, the end goal. And um, I don't know necessarily enough as far as how that conversation started, but it seemed like it, it got to a certain point really fast where they created some type of uh, understanding to, you know, put differences aside and, you know, figure out a way that, you know, things could be moving forward. And I think at the end of the day, I can see a point where the the, the whole game in general is uh, definitely headed in the right direction as far as, you know, people come out. But I think in the interim, I think it'll be very interesting to sort of see how everything kind of lays out as far as the complete business structure of the tour. And, and kind of that's, that's my interest as, you know, putting you on, text back and forth. I think that was my biggest concern as an older veteran on tour, just sort of how it affects the young guys. And, and we went from nonprofit to all of a sudden for profit with a, with a benefactor on the back end. And like, what does that look like? And uh, just a, a position that we on the PGA tour as independent contractors and all this have, have never been in the situation. And nor ever even thought about being in the situation and sort of what that plays out for us that have have been doing this for a long time and you know hopefully be able to put be in a position to take care and and put the pga tour and and the best players in the world in a better position than we were uh before yeah and, and personally i mean it just it seems like there were so many on tour players i'm talking about that were used as pawns in this at least that's my viewpoint personally because there are guys that were ridiculed and criticized for taking the bag last year that now got that money and are now back a part of the PGA Tour in one swift announcement on CNBC by Jay Monahan and, and, and on a joint announcement with Liv. We've also heard, you know, from the sentiment of, oh, well, they're going to somehow make these guys whole that turned down this money. I don't know how they do that. Uh, from a player perspective, what are you what are you thinking of in terms of the monetary value moving forward versus I mean if if anyone took that money like you said you don't fault them for doing that but some guys did turn it down to stay with the PGA and what it was standing for at the time yeah I don't uh, it would be complete guess as far as uh, what type of monetary value because everyone uh, you know we're one of the only sports that don't that doesn't involve guaranteed contracts it's definitely based on how you play and, and everything. And I think that's sort of a, a point of where now I think it'll be an interesting conversation to see how that plays out as far as what's the value of a tour card, what's the, the, the value of, of being one of the best players in the world and, and kind of what that does moving forward. But the, the, the amount of decisions that, that went into this and the amount of questions that came on the back end, it seems like uh, the way that the information is truly going to come out. Like, I don't know what direction it goes in first as far as who has input, as far as what's the biggest change, but I can imagine from a business structure and, and sort of what that looks like as far as 
with the board and and everything amongst the players and peers the u.s open next week in la will be be wild (laughs) as far as that'll be where the the live players and the pga tour will be back pga tour players be back in the same arena and uh hopefully it doesn't overshadow the opportunity to to see lacc for for what it is because it is a truly incredible place so definitely look forward to being out there and Hopefully we can focus on some golf with, uh, you know, and kind of deal with all this stuff on the front end, but I'm sure it'll get a lot of attention as it should. No doubt. Uh, Scott Stallings with this PGA Tour professional. I don't know Jay Monahan, Scott. Uh, several players on tour are calling for his resignation. Are you one of them? And does he, su- does he survive this? I think the way that he's insulated himself as far as just the way that that the language of the letter that they sent to us, I think he's got it pretty well taken care of as far as the, the, I think the biggest misconception is through this is the, the live tour and the PGA tour did not merge. The, the, the financial backing of the live tour just put a substantial financial influx into the PGA tour. Now there'll be some continuity that goes back and forth, but they are going to operate independent. I'm sure there's going to be a time and a place where they're, some overlap but i think that is the biggest misconception but the the financial benefactor for both sides have now well basically from one has now you know put his resources into the pga tour as well and uh i think that was a little bit of a misconception just as far as how the language came out but as far as the letter that came to us uh yes there would be the that proposed board is Yasir would be the chairman. Jay would be the CEO. Jimmy Dunn and uh, Ed Hurley would be on the board and be a board of four. Chairman would be two votes, and the other guys have three votes, uh, one each. So I think it'll be very interesting to sort of see how that plays. Obviously, the board has to vote. and uh, um, But I think everyone just needs to take a breath and sort of you know see the information as it comes out and, and really kind of see – I mean – they have a lot of things that have to happen relatively quickly for them to meet the timeline that they have laid out for us uh, in the last you know day or so. So what you're saying, Scott, is that, that it's set up in a way that only Jay Monahan will decide whether or not Jay Monahan is no longer a part of the PGA based on this deal. Yeah, I would just the way that it was it was explained to us as players and. I think that would be the only way because I think if it was a direct reaction to the way the information was played out to us yesterday, I think it would be a it would be a very long line to help him pack. <laughs> but I think in in the way that it, the agreement was structured is that he would be remain as CEO of the PGA Tour and and uh, continue to remain in that role for uh, as long as he wanted. You know, part and of the the ability the only ability. The only way for that to change is is if people on the board decided that they needed to make a, a change in a different direction. You know, part of Monahan's quotes with CNBC was something about implementing team golf into this, which you see on on Live Tour. Do you have any thoughts about the Live Tour format with with team golf and how that might work uh, with the PGA Tour? We're we're kind of at a loss for answers on on what that means for the PGA moving forward. Again, anything I say would be complete guess, and I, I need <laughs> the, the list of information that I'm missing is longer than the list of information that I know. <laughs> so I think 
I think there is a, a a unique avenue to be able to do that. It would be hard to imagine how it would play out in regards to FedEx Cup. We have one team event. It's a two-man event. It sort of makes sense, and and that's kind of is what it is. But um, I don't think there's a spot where you could have them uh, com- combine with our current structure. And granted, the structure and the the business entity that we know, if this always go, if this goes through the way that it was projected to us yesterday. I don't think that it, it looks anywhere close to what it does now. So with that being said, I think truly anything's possible now. Scott, is it pretty clear? Uh, and Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it's, it's fine. I just think that truly, if you look at it, like anything is possible now with the fact that, because if I told you 36 hours ago, this was going to happen, like there's no way. So yeah. now with that being said, any, truly anything is possible. Isn't it insane that it went? This is a seven-week negotiation that stayed quiet. Uh, hats off to them for keeping. And and the crazy thing is, Jay was on on site at pretty much every event. Uh, his team was, and and the guy I actually saw it, Jimmy and Ed uh, played right in front of me in the pro am at Memorial, and uh, very cordial, very open and honest as far as conversation and. Uh, as you know very approachable but i mean you would give no indication that this was going to be happening you know basically five days after i saw him and uh going in so obviously (laughs) this would be very nice to be able to have access to be able to sit and ask all the questions it did and hopefully try to keep some emotion out of it but uh we'll definitely there's a lot to unpack and a lot to know uh, coming down the next you know, few weeks and months. Yeah, and all this, uh, currently your opinion here, because uh, I'm assuming you haven't had any other communication from the PGA Tour other than that announcement uh, since yesterday morning. Um, in your opinion, is this Yasir that's, that's telling Jay Monahan what to do now? Is that kind of the hierarchy? Even though you mentioned he has two votes and the other members each have an individual that would add up to three? I would, I would, again, I would, this would be a, a total assumption, but that would be yes. And it's odd that as a player run organization, and that's sort of what I texted to you earlier yep. is that like we have, it, we begged and pleaded and everything amongst players to get equal footing on the board to add where we had a fifth uh, PGA tour member uh, to kind of make up the even. So it was never always lopsided in terms of five to four or it's five to five. And we move into this new entity where a PGA tour player has never even been mentioned, nor was involved in the negotiation, nor was involved in any of the, any of the conversations that were had over the last seven weeks. And now the, equal footing mentality and understanding as far as how the, this quote unquote player run organization is just, um, <laughs> it's a thing of the past apparently. Yeah. And I mean, you're playing. So the best golf of your life right now, others are as well. Is there a chance that guys just decide not to play? Have you, have you heard any of that talk? No. I, and, and I think like as an individual and, and just in in my own thoughts, like I, I, that just fold your arms and, and walk away mentality. Like we didn't get to where we are by thinking that way. We didn't, because I mean, we're, 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 yeah, there's no, we have a team around us that supports us, but I mean, once you're standing over the ball, that's it. It's you. And um, I'm sure there's guys that'll be frustrated, maybe take some time away, but <laughs> 
anyone that will, you know, fold their arms and walk away from the game or sit and pout. Like, they didn't get to where they are by thinking that way. So I'd be very surprised if you saw someone, you know, say that unless they were just, you know, couldn't couldn't necessarily get past how frustrated they were with the whole situation. Look, Scott, you're a professional golfer. You all are. So ultimately, all of you are winning for having that profession. But I can't help but look at this and everyone else and think the real winners here, Phil Mickelson, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka, especially, uh, Bryson DeChambeau, everyone who took the bag, took the money, left, and now they're probably going to be welcomed back with open arms uh, with this merger. Is that the sentiment with you and most players on tour that ultimately those guys made the right decision now because Jay Monahan completely reversed course? Uh, I mean, it played out in a scenario where uh, Jay also told us they would never play a PGA Tour event again, and that and that that didn't hold any water either. So, I was pretty adamant about my comments yesterday as far as how many how many sides of your mouth can you speak out at one time, and uh, you know, and, and I think knowing Jay personally and seeing how much he's worked into this, I would say that he's going to work tirelessly to try to truly convey and understand the the opportunities and challenges that kind of went uh, before and trying to get us to this spot. But the, the interesting thing is the, these guys that have these uh, lengthy contracts uh, with the, the live organization and sort of how that transpires as far as eligibility and, and all the stuff that, that goes on and, the understanding of professional golf and the PGA tour and what's affected and how you keep your job. And, you know, we just completely, you know, flipped the FedEx cup upside down last year with completely changing the structure of it and, you know, kind of how it works and playoffs and everything. And, and now throw this in there. So it'll be very interesting to see kind of how it all plays out and sort of the, the, the back and forth between who can play where and who's supported and who's encouraged and uh, who's sort of moved to the side and, you know, kind of where golf is sit. But as I said, but at the very beginning, there's a lot more to come out and uh, hopefully we'll, we'll get as much of that as we possibly can and sort of try to help make sense of it all. And the first part of your answer there, Scott, just it sparks another thing for me. Like I, I don't care who's leading. It could be Monahan or anyone. Now, I don't know how as a player, you know, who to trust and what to trust based on the situation, the topic, or whatever discussion you're having with a guy privately or publicly in an open forum discussion with all the players at the Canadian open. Yeah, that was <laughs> the, the first few questions were right to the point <laughs> from other, from my fellow players and, and, uh, um, you know, and, and to Jay's credit, he sat there and took it, um, as, I mean, he made it abundantly clear that he was going to do that. So I think it'll be, There'll probably be more of that, and uh, hopefully the the way that they conveyed transparency and open and honesty with us through this whole process with from all the way back through uh, just dealing with COVID, getting back to playing from, you know, understanding the, the challenges that come with, with uh, live entering the world of professional golf and, and, and kind of everything, and, and then all of a sudden just kind of getting to the end and that honesty and transparency sort of just uh, – again became a thing of the past and so in order to gain and rebuild that you know sort of understanding is uh, going to be very difficult moving forward when's your next event <laughs> the u.s open i leave on sunday so get your popcorn ready 
<laughs> it'll be it'll be a wild week. <laughs> I, I I have a feeling nothing will be discussed in regards to a, a great eagle shot or a, a putt on thirteen. It'll end up being the discussion we're having right now, just like it was last year for the biggest events, and that's unfortunate. Yes. Yeah, LACC would be the first time hosting a major right in the middle of downtown LA in prime time, and you know all the things that you would want to happen and host a major championship and. Uh, the the timing of this is very unique, and I'm sure the USGA has a myriad of thoughts with everything moving forward. No doubt, man. Uh, we appreciate the time. This is uh, a great background from uh, someone that's behind the scenes and involved in this uh, as a profession. Uh, thank you for the time, and we'll catch up soon. I appreciate you guys. Y'all have a great rest of the day, and golf will be better uh, in the in the long term, the short term, we just got to kind of work through it all together and hopefully this all makes sense. No doubt. We'll, we're still going to enjoy watching uh, and certainly following you next week. Yeah. Thanks, Scott. All right. I, I appreciate it, guys. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, man. Thank you. There's uh, Scott Stallings, a great friend of the show. And, uh, again, he's, he's hearing it from players he's friends with. Great opinion of his own there, too. I, I understand where he's coming from on that. You know, you don't know who to trust. And, and that's... That's the way they decided to go about this and handle this, by keeping everything quiet. No one had a say. No one felt like they had, they were heard. Yeah. And, or even given the ability it's, to hear it. So it's, you're no longer going to be able to trust the guy that's making decisions on behalf of the tour. Yeah. And, so I and, don't know how that guy runs the, the tour. Well, and he runs it because what Scott told us based on the meeting is he's insulated himself with this deal. But so was Greg Norman. He's, he's so was Greg Norman. And he was ousted too with Liv because he, he was rubbing people the wrong way. Yeah. Uh, and, and maybe they just vote him out, but I, I don't know why Liv would want to vote him out right now because he's the one who made the deal with no, him. No doubt. And I think so, it's very interesting. Keep in mind, uh, and I'm reading into this, Scott is telling us that the assumption is that Liv actually has the voting power, and I take that to mean that Jay Monahan's going to vote however... Uh, the the new chairman is going to vote, uh, Yasir Al-Ramayan. However, he's going to vote, and his vote counts twice. The other three individuals have the majority. That's what they're selling. But I take that to mean that Jay Monahan's voting on behalf of what Al-Ramayan wants. Yeah, I would like to think that leadership and personal integrity matter in some facet of business, but apparently it doesn't. Because if I'm Jay Monahan, I can't look anyone in the eye anymore on the PGA Tour and, and expect them to believe me right. in anything I say. So I would resign for that reason. He's made a ton of money already. He probably stands to make a good amount of money here. Just resign and let someone else now do the work. You've done the dirty work of being the hypocrite that said a bunch of things and then had to backtrack on that while you dealt in a dark room with no one knowing to make this deal that may end up being what's best for the PGA Tour in the long run, and you may end up being right that 10 years from now, you're going to be viewed as someone who did the right thing business-wise. But right now, I mean, Scott Stallings said it, how many sides of your mouth can you talk out of when dealing with people? Why would you want to be? I, I just and the things That, 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 that baffles that, me that people in leadership would want to remain in leadership when they tell a thousand people a thousand different things. And then people find out about it and know how much of a snake you are. And you still want to be there? I, I just, again, that level of right. selfishness and power-driven type 
personality, I, I don't I don't understand it. And if I were Jay Monahan, I would take my bag of money I've already made and go do something else or go do nothing. But he's got no integrity now within the PGA Tour. And if he and took those that players, money, if he took and left, I, I mean, the, the sleaze of that, just optically knowing it, it wasn't just loyalty that they were standing on. They were standing on patriotism, 9-11, and how dare they go we're and... Playing and all the heartstrings. Blood money. And the leader of the PGA Tour just went and joined the, the same league that he was you know, crying from a mountaintop and shouting from a mountaintop saying, you know, that they're evil. And a year later, he's doing this behind closed doors over seven weeks where no one knew among the players, some of the best individual brands, period, across the globe, and in regards to Tiger Woods, McElroy, and others, had no clue about this behind the scenes. It's crazy they kept it quiet for seven weeks. I would have announced my resignation while announcing this merger if I were Jay Monahan. I know everything I've said. I know what was done. I also know what's best for the health of the future of this business and what had to be done, and I'm the one who had to do it. I'm also not the one to lead PGA Tour professionals in the future. So I announced my resignation along with this merger. That would have been my statement if I were Jay Monahan, because I can't look anyone in the eye now based on what I've said. But this is what had to be done based on the way things were trending and the way things were going. And 10 years from now, people may look back and believe me that this is what had to be done. But I'm not the one to lead these, these men and women anymore. It's How hard is that to say? It's very difficult when to hear. When you're rich already. It's the, PR... the, the money is there. Like You've got the money you're taking care of. Right. Yeah, I know. Just leave. But the, the PR push isn't that. It's not that we were on dire straits. It was just we're merging for, to unify golf, uh, which, again, is just BS. Yeah, it pisses me off. It's just BS. Stay tuned. More coming on Hot Mike. Wrapping up what's been a fast-paced show. Big thanks to Scott Stallings for joining us. Dan Dockich earlier today. Clay Travis traveling. He will join us later this week to give his perspective uh, with us on Live and PGA and where we're headed with all this sports-wise. That'll be the next big topic. Because they can name their sport. Which sport, does the, which sport do the Saudis want to control next? They... They practically own soccer. Um, they own FIFA. Now they, they're all in. They, they own Formula One. Now it's golf. I mean, what's next, Chad? They, they, have, their, they have their hands all over tennis yeah. to some big degree. Um, Messi's turning down a three-year 1.6, sorry, Chad, $1.6 billion Isn't it amazing, offer. though, when $100 million Seems isn't like that nothing. big of a deal? Yeah. When we go between 1.5 and 1.6, that's a hundred million dollars difference. We're talking about. Just think about. about the bill, just the billion aspect of it. Um, turning that down to join Inter Miami, to which I say, like, who knows where we're headed with MLS? I know nothing about their if they're in dire straits financially, but I was led to believe the PGA Tour was building young stars. You know, they were doing this because this was the the players' tour, and a year a year after those comments were being made. They're now taking the same money that others did. I, I, I can't begin to uh, think 
what's next? You asked earlier this, um, earlier this, or late last month. Can't believe it's already June. Will we see the NFL play a game there? Sure. I mean, we're already seeing it's all certain events. Yes, it's all on the it's menu. All on the table. Everything's on the menu when it comes to Saudi Arabia. That money spins all of it, and they're willing to pay more. Have you been feeling the effects of these Quebec wildfires yet? That's outside. They've no. they've reached. Tennessee. I haven't. I, I have point. seen it. it I can see like, a bit of the film in the air this it morning. It is hazy. Yes. Yeah. And, are are um, you feeling the effects with allergies and stuff? Is that, allergies, is that what you're asking? Uh, respiratory system. Arm? I got a great pitching arm story last night. I told a, a, a buddy of mine, said, man, you pitched uh, seven games this weekend. And he was talking about Jacob deGrom's Tommy John surgery. Yeah. Can he you said, imagine if you at the that? end of this, you're going to have to have Tommy Jane surgery <laughs> from pitching girls' slow-pitch softball, fast-pitch softball. I'm taking the pitch. heat tonight in game three at back home, riding the momentum, the hot hand. Playoff Jimmy, baby. Give me the nugs, baby. Joker about to go off. Here we go. Back at it tomorrow, 3 o'clock Eastern across the Outkick Network. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow. Hope you'll join us then.